This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Let's go! Bingetown, how are we feeling today? It's your boy PD, aka Producer Dave, here with Luke and Kyle. Today we are covering Netflix's newest, one of their newest shows, Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope is a very interesting show that we're going to be covering today because it works a little differently than most shows than we, that we've seen before in the past. So each episode individually, it can be watched on its own. So you don't need to watch in a certain order. You can start at you know green, yellow, red, however you want to do it. That was probably the main driver of this show for me. Like This was a good show, just a solid show, nothing crazy. But because of the formatting and how you can watch each episode, I think that makes it a little bit more, maybe not elite in my mind, but it definitely boosts its potential up a little bit more and definitely increases its rewatch value for sure. Because as you'll find out in this recording, each one of us, I think we watched them in different orders. So we'll have our own mindsets on certain characters, certain scenes that you know, one of us may have had knowledge on, whereas one of us didn't have knowledge on when watching for the first time. So honestly, overall, just a pretty solid show. I'll hand it over to Luke to give more about the details and the structures of how we're going to do this episode, these, these, all these episodes. So yeah, like you said, this is a very, very unique show that's kind of in its own lane. So we're going to treat this podcast a little different than our normal reviews and recaps, where we're going to have to talk about it holistically off the, off the bat, because of like what we're saying, like our the ordering of the events, we receive them in different in different ways. So I think we're just going to talk about everything as if you've watched the whole series front to back. We'll give our orders and like how they differed and talk about that impact on our watch through how I envision this going in my head is basically we're going to talk through all of the main characters, how we felt about them, how we got introduced to them, things along those lines and talk about their position in the heist crew. Um, and then, you know, we're just going to kind of play it by ear work through the different characters and then as soon as we're done with all that which i assume is going to take up the majority of this conversation we will quickly go through the episodes and just anybody can bring up little fun plot points things you noticed things that you wish you watched earlier or later relative to other things um so i think it's going to be holistic by the end but bear with us as we kind of wing this a little bit before we give our orders i guess since you just gave your initial thoughts on the show as a whole dave um, me and Kyle will go with that and then we can start working through the different characters. So for me, I watched this show pretty quickly. I would say within a week of it coming out, just like most people. And my ordering is completely different, I think, than Dave and Kyle's, especially Kyle's. I really enjoyed all of the setup. And I think I'm going to be the minority opinion in here when I'm saying that I didn't really necessarily love the back half of it. But because the show was so entertaining and so unique in this in this method that the writers created it it was such an entertaining blast that it's one of the rare shows where i wouldn't say that i loved but i would still recommend to almost anybody to watch it because it is an experience it's almost like that black mirror um special that netflix came out with a couple of years ago with choose your own adventure just something that you you should experience through the medium because it's so i don't want to say groundbreaking but i hope it does open the door for different projects along this line so i definitely loved the show a couple of characters i fucking loved a lot of the characters I did not love by the end, and that's where a lot of my gripes are going to come in, and we'll work through that as we talk through characters. But pass it over to Kyle, what your thoughts are, because I think you're going to be the most positive of, of us three. 
but you tell me. Yeah, it's interesting if I end up being the most positive because, spoiler alert for my order, I did it fully chronological. So I actually broke the rules. We decided that someone should watch it chronological just for our discussion to almost have like a control person, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, like a placebo. So I fell on the the proverbial sword there. No complaints really from me doing it that way. I really enjoyed it. I love heist things. And then you throw in uh, Giancarlo Esposito, and it's kind of money in the bank no matter what there. So I, I really enjoyed it. I would agree, excuse me, completely with I soured on almost the majority of the characters by the end of the actual story, which which was interesting. I didn't expect that to happen, but I guess... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you could you know argue that it's probably more realistic that way they're all fucking criminals at the end of the day yada 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 whatever i had a great time watching the show i thought it was a nice ride there was a lot of like you know anxiety inducing moments which is fun with the high stuff the tension they really knew how to kind of push the right buttons at certain times so i for me like luke said again definitely would recommend almost anyone watch this just for the experience of watching it for sure. And you said it there, like it, it was a great ride, regardless of how I felt about it, walking away from it. I'm still sitting here telling anybody to watch it. It's worth it. The acting Netflix's blank check that they pay for these kind of things. The cinematography, all of that was as good as you can possibly expect. Meaning like the, the floor for the show was already very high. Yeah. It's just the little pieces of it. You could tell needed it needed a, a better ending for me and it needed some maybe maybe it was suffering a tiny bit by this structure that the writers made where they had to keep everything encapsulate it within an episode for a specific character in order to avoid spoilers and other ways where it makes sense to watch in any order and maybe that is the reason that i'm walking away not loving it but at the same time it's the reason i'm sitting here telling you yeah. to watch it so it's a give or take and we'll see how it plays out and if any other projects like this come out of it Now's the time I'm going to lay out the colored episode titles and give the time periods. And I'm sure we're going to be reiterating it as we're saying it um, throughout this episode. And then we'll go through each of our orderings and then we'll start the character talk. So in chronological order, a.k.a. Kyle's order that he watched it, we have violet, green, yellow, orange, blue, red, pink, white. So what that works out to be is the that's actually not chronological whites in the middle. Yeah, I was it's white, so red, you're then right, pink. You're right, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. But okay. everything else was good, I think. Yeah, so it's violet being 24 years before, green being seven years before, yellow six weeks before, orange three weeks before, blue five days before, white, the actual heist, then it's red the mornings after, and then pink is going to be six months later. So Kyle already said like he watched it chronologically. For me, how I ended up watching it, I kind of went through um, just how Netflix had it set up for me with the exception of one piece, and I'll get to that in a second. But I ended up watching it in the order of yellow, green, orange, blue, violet, red, pink, white. So what that is, is I I watched the original setup of the modern day, I'll say in quotes, um, heist storyline being yellow. Then I went backwards in the past, seven years ago to green, jumping back to the present time of orange and blue. And then I finally watched the 24 years ago setup of this whole entire series of events until the last sprint of the final three of red, pink, white, which is just like the heist and then everything after. So for me, the most important takeaway was I never got that violet backstory about Roger Salas and Leo slash Ray's 
their connection. I knew nothing about this. I didn't know how to feel about Roger Salas this whole time because I had no information about what he did to our boy. And that's like my most important takeaway of this show and how it probably differs from everybody else. I don't know how early Dave watched Violet, but yeah, that was like my biggest thing where I feel like it totally affected my viewing experience and almost in a positive way. I'll leave that to the character talk when we get to it. But that was my initial gut reaction of, of how kaleidoscopes ordering affected my viewing. For me, I had watched it in yellow, blue, orange, then green, and I believe violet, pink, and then white. So a little bit different than Luke. I watched like Luke in the order that Netflix had suggested it for me, with the exception being that green was actually suggested to be the first episode for me to watch. And I didn't watch it right away because I was the latest one to watch the show out of us three. And both Kyle and Luke were at the time in pretty strong agreement that green, maybe it wasn't Kyle, but there were definitely people around us who were saying that green is definitely up and away so far at where they were watching the best episode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to watch the best episode first. Like that just seems so wrong for it to just be the best and then drop and then come back up potentially. So I kind of squeeze green right at the midway point just to kind of give myself a little bit more excitement. I honestly really enjoyed it the way that I watched it. I just, it felt the way that I had watched it, it just felt like there was going to there was still just more reveals more reveals i mean i'm sure that's how all of us felt because you could watch it in any order but i liked kind of going almost chronologically i guess because i like the fact that you could jump from the past to the future like because you know you get those hints that like obviously the heist went so wrong and you're like watching the build up of everything and you're like how could this possibly go so wrong they've planned out every possible detail And then when you get to the heist at the very end, it's just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe like all these events are happening right now. And I will probably go back and rewatch this, maybe not anytime soon. But if I'm going to rewatch it, which I will, it will be chronological just because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably the best way to do it is to not watch chronologically. So you can eventually watch chronologically, because if you watch chronologically and then try and just randomize the episodes, I feel like yeah. yeah, that kind of you lose some value there. So that's just my two cents on it. But still solid show. Definitely. My chronological take will be that I think it it had, looking back on all of it, I think it had a more of a negative impact in the beginning of the show. And while I obviously cannot possibly speak to what the ending was like for you guys, I am perfectly fine with have watching it, the heist, then the immediate aftermath of the heist, and then Pink being the, the six months after and that full ending – I don't know why it feels like if I had known going into white that they all like that a large majority of them end up dying and like with Judy and Stan doesn't work. It just feel like the high, like why the fuck does the heist really even matter at that point? I was kind of thinking the same thing too. Even when we were about to record this podcast, they should have came out and been like, you know, pink should be definitely the last episode. Like, I feel like you should at the end of the day, watch yeah. pink. Like red and then white and then pink. Yeah, at least like you can even do white before red doesn't matter. But I just think pink still I think you're right on that sense that I watching pink last might have provided a little bit more. I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but I feel like I would have been more attached maybe to the, the story a little bit. But yeah, I think that I agree with you, though, Kyle. Like, I totally wish I watched pink after like it, I'll talk about the endings of all the characters when we're getting to them. But yeah, like I was pretty checked out i don't think the reveal at the end of white about it was it was a cool reveal flashing back to the violet episode with the violet necklace like all of that was awesome but it wasn't worth the idea of giving up like of basically being unattached to some of these characters who i know are dead and fucking in the next episode so it's it's a little bit 
It's weirder, but I definitely enjoyed the beginning more than I feel, you know, so it was, I don't know what's the best way to, I think I would have preferred watching it in chronological just for the the sake of having it not be anticlimactic for white. But again, I'm just sitting here saying this with hindsight, like who the hell knows? I think for me, the perspective is that when I'm watching white, like I have no fucking idea who's going to make it out who has any lingering injuries like what is actually going on but like you guys having watched red i mean granted the whole bob thing is a bit of a diversion but you know that it's a diversion or it's fake before you even watch white because pink tells you that yeah you know so like like if i had watched like like watching red before white it's like oh my god bob's dead what the fuck happens to Bob? RJ is where the hell's RJ? And then you watch White and it's like, oh my God, okay, that's, and then the ending is Bob opens his eyes and it's like, oh fuck, okay. But if I had like known that they are kind of still involved and in like what they do after the heist, it definitely, mm-hmm. I feel like it took away the impact of it. Like I'm watching White, like I have no fucking clue what could possibly happen to anyone because I have no information that's in the future. Yeah. Luke watched White with me for my so it was his second time watching White, my first time watching it, and completely agree. Because the first thing I questioned was like I was a big for no reason at all. I was a huge RJ fan. He's a nice guy. So obviously when I'm watching pink and red and they're just like, Where's RJ? And everyone's like, I don't know. But then you look I think they I think it's um I keep saying Gus Fring, but it's Ray. <laughs> Ray looks at Judy and is like, Oh, where's RJ? And she's just like she doesn't actually give a response. And so me just immediately at that point i'm just like okay he's got to be dead and like it confirms it in pink because he's just not there at all it's been weeks after and no one even mentions his name anymore and so when i'm watching white and i'm watching him die i'm granted how it happened was a little crazy but it did like you said it took away from it because i knew he was gonna die i knew that bob i thought bob was gonna get shot in the throat which i guess that was kind of i guess a cool aspect of it is like trying to guess how bob lost his voice because i was Mm -hmm. like I saw the scar. I was like, he must have been shot or something, but it was cool seeing the the crowbar and everything. But you're absolutely right. Like, I would just say if you're a first time watcher and you're listening to our podcast, just do pink last, probably. Well, you should not be. Well, you should not be listening. But yeah, we haven't spoiled anything. (laughs) I guess we have. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, we have. Yeah. That's what I'm saying when I mean, like the ending was better for me, I think, doing chronologically. But the beginning was to Luke's point, like you have no idea who Roger Salas is. You have no idea what Ray's backstory is. That would have been fun to watch after like seeing him in prison, interacting with Stan, like planning the heist, being anti Roger. Like he sends the note to Hannah, I think, and what man, that's like yellow, I think. Or maybe yeah. it's whatever either way, when he's like, he's not who you think he is and all this shit. And like I can't imagine watching that having no idea who Roger Salas slash Grant is. When we're talking about white, which the writers intended completely to be the the climax of this story, I think like you probably had a way better time watching it just how you're talking about it right now. Because for us, me and Dave, there were only four things that mattered, at least to me, and determined based on how important they are. Like, this is how you can decide how hype you would have been. Like, we needed to find out what happened with Bob and you covered that well, Dave. I thought he was shot, too. Like, it would look like a hole. Makes sense. It was the pen. So that, but whatever, we already knew his ending. It didn't really matter how he got hurt. RJ, who, spoiler, I don't give a fuck about at all. (laughs) Uh, And then the thing that I did care about was confirming uh, Ava wasn't a rat. Like, we needed to find out that piece of it. And then where the bonds were, which is a huge part, like, that's probably the driving force. And then the last thing is just what's in the vault. So between all that stuff, I don't think it's worth all of this contextual build up to find out like to make it like pop with these answers 
to give up knowing the actual ending fate of Ray getting shot, of Bob getting shot, of Judy questioning what she's going to do with Stan. Like all of that to me, as soon as I watched that, I was like, oh God, I don't really care about white at all. Yeah, exactly. Like my ending is literally Ray fade to pink getting shot. And that felt like, okay, the story's over. You know what I mean? Especially because like what you're saying with one of the burning questions is what happened to the bonds? But they even like a theme throughout the whole thing is that it's not about the money. Like it's never been about the money. Hooray. So like, yeah, but I like it's just funny that that is what was like driving a lot of like why they wanted the heist to be last. Mm-hmm. It's one of the and, isolated reveals. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and it just seems like they were also telling us the whole time, like he doesn't care about the money. Before we even got into the episode, I was like, all right, I'm just going to lay out everything that I think is going to happen. And I'm pretty sure like 99 of what I had said had come like i could just predict based off the endings that i had seen and like i came in i was like all right i know rj's gonna die i think um i think what was bob's the gonna get shot bob's gonna get shot and there was one the other rat. oh the rat i was trying to guess who the rat was and i was like at first okay i thought maybe bob because that's the easy target maybe it's rj because we haven't seen him but i'm just also at that point kind of just assumed he was dead there was just no way he was the one that took all the bonds and then i came up on Hannah, I was yep. like, okay, the only logical option at that point is Hannah. Mm-hmm. And so that going into it, I kind of had my mind stuck on it's going to be Hannah. And so it made it less important to me when you see her behind the elevator door. It's like, yeah, kind of predictable at this yeah. point. So yeah, that's probably the only thing that fell a little flat watching white in the chronological order. So before red and pink is that. But even then, it was still like, oh, shit. Okay, that just happened. Like, she just pulled that over on them. And then, yeah. and then it was like, okay, what the hell are they going to do next? It was fun to, like, it be completely open-ended. Like, okay, there's no bonds. Where do we go from here? What actually happens? And yeah. I guess while we're on the subject, maybe I'm an idiot, but can someone explain to me what her reasoning was for doing what she did? Because she, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't make, didn't pocket any of that money, just gave it back. She took some. Okay. That makes sense. That's fine. What was the purpose of it? So I know originally she was telling like her dad, she was like, look, I like you saw me as a partner. I didn't want to be a partner. I wanted to be a daughter, but like I couldn't even get that. Like I, the whole the speech was weird and her motives didn't really make sense to me. So Maybe I was what I took from it was that she basically knew that her dad was getting too deep with some of the wrong people. Like this was going to be like a t- as top of a threat as he's ever faced in his life with the where they call the triple the triplets the triplets yeah the triplets. yeah so what she did was she made a deal with the triplets saying hey let me steal your bonds and you can uh you can basically make it an insurance uh an insurance claim on it and you'll make money on the lost bonds because you'll put this out there you'll you'll actually make more money on this right and Rich in ex- yeah and in exchange for that the triplets wouldn't kill uh her fa- her or her dad okay. right I couldn't tell if obviously by the end after they did like the the like a uh, strong mind or whatever like whatever it was be brave here strong in the heart whatever it was yeah. um show me for that though yeah I was just like is she mad at him I can't really tell because she's kind of like telling him to fuck off but at the same time she's like I always just wanted you to be there kind of thing and- she's mad at him I think because he breaks out of prison fakes his own death and you think okay clean slate to live your life maybe now he can be in his daughter's life and he chooses revenge and going back to a life of crime Mm -hmm. essentially over her i'm gonna shut down your big project to be like fuck you like you shouldn't have been doing this in the first place yeah and she's not like mad at him in the sense like she never wants to see him again i mean we see in pink when he like she's writing him letters she's trying to contact him and he's not answering Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely that and then you see in pink 
when she's like we see hannah at the end in her oceanside villa whatever the hell you want to call it right. there are like she has i think one or multiple fedex boxes that uh, are like on the table the bonds in her, them yeah which okay would assume, yeah i'm assuming she took some cut for herself yeah like you don't do all of that to to do for legitimately yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah. for for daddy's love, like sure she you can. She protected the dad though, so that was important. Yeah, she protected, she protected the dad. Him, she showed the triplets as well that she could do what they wanted because uh, Graham slash Roger was a little on the fence about doing it, but she pretty much told them before they even asked Roger, like, "Hey, I can do this for you." And then they saw him kind of balk away from it, and I'm sure they were like, "All right, well, she's the girl for it then." Yeah, I love how she roped her fucking roommate into it too. Well, no, you know that's not a roommate; that's her sister. It's oh, her. That's so true. Well, yeah. I guess oh my sister God. slash I roommate. I didn't even. Pro- I honestly didn't even process that. I'm looking at them as lovers the entire time. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought she they gets were lovers. pregnant. She gets knocked up. Yeah, and that's why it was confusing for me. I was like, okay, maybe there's like a surrogate. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think because she didn't have Ray or Lily the bomb around, she was jumping between. She had to get adopted, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, that's her yeah. sister, Liz. Interesting. Because her name is Hannah Kim. Okay, so let's talk through the characters. Uh, we already are kind of talking about Hannah and Ray, but let's make it more official here as we go through them. I have everyone listed out that's worth bringing up. And then, like I said, we'll go through some of those episodes and pick out and clean up any things that we didn't do yet. So I can like, honestly yeah, start right. here just to speak about Ray. I think it'll be interesting almost to like talk about our introductions to the characters. Sure. First, so me, I mean, I get introduced to Ray, 1980s Ray, I guess, of them running the trick on the on the rich guy, the rich dumb guy. The young guy, and, dude. I love yeah, that. it was just funny. Yeah, because he's young. And I was like, oh, my God, OK, they were doing this. And I thought it was a great introduction. It was really fun to see him like. They're just kind of like low-level scammers a little bit, and then we find out, you know, he's got a daughter and all this stuff, and it was fun. And he's very likable. He comes across very, very likable and violent. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, like he's gonna be the man. And then you move to Green, and it's like, okay, he's been in prison, and he busts out. And he's like, oh my god, he's a beast. And then you get farther, and he gets deeper in the heist, and you're like, okay, he's kind of a scumbag in some ways. And I, I he was a great main character, though. It was fun to follow his story. For me, like with the yellow episode, honestly, I felt like yellow was honestly a really good episode for me to start with just because sure, we don't get like the deep, deep backstory of like the or- origin story of why Ray is like just an, an emotionally unavailable person. But for yellow, we just get introduced to the team and it's Ray going out and recruiting everyone. And that I, I just it was a great introduction for Ray because, you know, John Carlo Esposito is going to kill it regardless of what it is. And I think he just does such an amazing job just leaving this just ragtag group of individuals, how it always is in heist. You know, you got just so many different personalities and you know, that's going to cause some issues. But Ray himself was just a great leader. And even though they're, they're all criminals, like he is just a trustworthy guy. He just makes me feel like I can trust him no matter what. Like he's just so confident in his abilities. Like, even when he's questioning whether he should go back, like he just knows he's the best at what he does. And I just love that confidence. And mm-hmm. of course, I think for me, the downfall for him was during the actual heist, which I mean, it makes sense because that's when the emotions for him are really coming into play. Like he doesn't give a fuck about the money at that point. Like when they're all drowning and they're, or the water's coming in, he's like, oh, let's just do one more. And they're like, no, we should leave. And he's like, no, nah, one more. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to put all this at risk for your revenge. Like I get that. So there were some dips for sure, but. 
John Carlo Esposito, just he gets his flowers here for me. Definitely. That's when Bob walks up the stairs. Yo, greedy cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do it yourself. Yeah, that was so great. Um, so for for Ray, for me, I could just tell like this show was written with his character in mind, and it's so obvious that he is the main character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I expect from this actor absolute highest of the high performances and didn't disappoint at all for me ray was easily the most complete front to back character and like his motivation made sense to me his ending made a lot of sense to me the beginning made a lot of sense to me all of that was really really good i don't almost have nothing negative to say about ray except that i didn't love how unwilling he was to be more calculated and professional as a high squad when they fucked up the diamond steel because right away i'm thinking okay bob does that one thing you're done like that's it you don't risk having a wild card like him on the heist and i didn't like how it was barely even addressed by him like that was such a fuck up and it almost got them all caught they literally got the bullet casings with like ava because they were because he shot or whatever got the bullet casings with ava's fingerprint on all that happened and i was just thinking the whole time damn like ray is too good of a mastermind to not really shut that shit down and not let him be involved in the triplet heist can't really i mean that's just like my only complaint about him there's one again to play i guess a little bit of devil's advocate of that kind of his theme on him is that he's so focused on the revenge that at times it causes him like dave had said when he's at the heist and he lingers back and it's like why are you fucking doing this it's kind of i guess leads into that but i agree i mean bob was just an absolute menace the Mm -hmm. entire time he just was he won't ray pretty much let stan's dick picked judy which then picked bob which then fucked everything up down the line yeah, which i mean I, you're loyal to your boy and i respect that because stan's the fucking man in a lot of ways but that was yeah not the not the brightest decision all right let's move to this bob talk because i know luke is well, hold a, on i just want to okay, mention one more thing. we didn't talk about it at all is like that ray having parkinson's did humanize him and mm. it, it put a time limit on everything which yeah. was a really cool aspect of his character i was a little weirded out though that like it didn't seem like it got that much worse from seven years ago, but then it just started escalating a lot. Like when you go to the green episode, that was the seven year flashback. He seemed like he had it like pretty bad there, worse than almost he had it in yellow and stuff. But then you hit pink and he's like totally just destroyed by it, which makes sense. But that was just a cool little part of his personality. Not cool, but you know what I mean? Like it just made it more fleshed out and explained a lot more. But. And that also probably was a more of a reason that he was letting revenge get to him because he himself was probably viewing it as I only have maybe, you know, in his mind, it was, what did the doctor tell him at the time? It was like seven to 10 years. And then when we get to the heist, we're already years into that timeline. And I mean, that does add some character depth, depth to him. And I still, overall, I think Ray still falls into probably some of my favorite probably the top three of my favorite characters still and we'll talk about our top three at the end which probably will end up being very similar but um when i was on the wiki earlier just getting basic outline notes for this it kind of says each of the characters role in the heist and i just want to give you guys a like a chance to guess for each of the characters like what do you think it listed ray vernon slash leo papas uh that's a great question yeah maybe like logistics is a mastermind. Yeah. So that, that works. Um, but then I'll, I'll keep bringing that up as we're going through the next characters. But okay, you mentioned Bob. You want to talk about Bob next? Yeah. First, before we talk about him, guess what his the, title is listed? The, the break in guy. What, what, do you, what is like a, what is a term? Safe cracker. Yes. Okay, safe cracker. Literally. Okay. And that is actually a great transition into my complaints with Bob because 
the reason Bob they forced Bob into this that they kept forcing themselves to accept Bob as one of the crew members is because he was known to be this expert safe cracker and literally fucking Stan and Ray do his job on the fifth vault that they try and break it. You know what I mean? Like when they're in the yeah. heist, they get the four small saves first and they're like, ah, oh, let's get one more. And they all agree. Yes. And so Bob leaves. And so Stan or Ray who has never practiced like Stan had on cracking saves. I'm sure he does have well, I mean, some that's experience. Violet. He is the safe cracker in mm-hmm. him and Graham's whole thing. Like he does all of that work. Yeah, that's he's but familiar like, with those skills. Well, he has like, Parkinson's now. That's why he can't do it on this job. They can't yeah, risk Parkinson's, him having like, an episode yeah. in the middle of the heist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But that was probably just my biggest complaint with Bob is like at the end of the day, it didn't seem like he was fully necessary. And he was the reason everything went so sad. You're saying necessary on the heist. Not like necessary as a character. Like if, yes, be, yes, in the heist. Not yeah. Okay. yeah, he was definitely necessary as a character, but in the heist itself, like Stan and Ray had already proved that they didn't need Bob for the heist. Mm-hmm. He brings that. way more negatives than positives. Like in universe for the team, he is a net negative, I feel like for sure. Unless you want to count Judy. Like I guess they are in the universe. They're counting Judy as part of his positives, but that's like kind of bullshit. He's great for the show. I mm-hmm. love him. He, Jai Courtney is an amazing actor. Shout out Spartacus, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> was, he Spar- was he in Spartacus? Oh, he's uh, yeah. like one of the main guys. That's too. awesome. Yeah. Such That's a awesome. different role, too. He's like the nicest dude ever in Spartacus. Like fan favorite. Like Blonde, great curly guy. hair. Yeah. Amazingly loyal friend. Like just all of the above. And then in this, he's just an absolute psycho. Yeah. I finished White, I think it was two days ago, and I went to the gym yesterday, and there was this dude who looked exactly like Bob, but except he was like 5'5". Five, five. I was oh. like, I want to fucking kill this guy just for <laughs> looking like bob but. it's actually a compliment <laughs> i guess he was one of those characters for me that you know you just love to hate because i hated bob like i just his mannerisms how shittily he treated everyone especially my boy rj i fucking and that line was a little cheesy too like everyone's got you got to be nicer to people that was cheesy but <laughs> bob at the end of the day was necessary because we needed that we needed that personality in the group to wild card the wild exactly we needed that wild card ambiguity like is he gonna fuck things up or is he gonna follow the rules is he gonna play well with others or is he not of course Mm -hmm. he's not but we did need a character like bob in this show and i i think i actually liked him as fucked up as it is after the heist than i did beforehand not just because he was quieter obviously but just Just terminator bob yeah just terminator bob like it was a man on a mission just had his revenge and because luke brought it up too when Judy is the one choking him out in the, at the end of the heist. He probably doesn't know it's her. And yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't because he's obviously writing her love letters. And I thought that was actually a really good twist because immediately, like, I thought, like, oh, he's got to know it's her. But obviously he doesn't. So I thought him, his drive in the second half was a lot better than him just being a side piece in the first half. You know, that's one of my few notes I took. I put like three or four bullet point talking points for each of these characters to bring up and talk about. And that is 100 percent one of mine is what would this story have looked like if he knew that it was Judy versus him thinking that it was Stan oh. and building his whole pink story around yeah. like revenge? Like, I have no idea how it work- would have worked out. Maybe even better. I don't I don't even know. Like, I, I can't even think about like how it would go. But no, yeah. it, it would it would that would have robbed us of the great like him with the hired hitmen. Let's listen to the podcast in the car. Like that was a oh, really yeah. good part of the overall show. I was shocked at how much I loved that. When the one goon who dies first, <laughs> he, like starts like 
talking about Bob when he's asleep and he wakes yeah. up, he just smashes his face like 30 <laughs> times. I was like, bro, you just give him a little slap. Like you didn't have to freaking break his whole face. My mindset too was like, if anything, he should have been bashing the other guy's face because that guy was defending him yeah. where the other guy was like laughing yeah. at him. I was just, yeah, it's funny that like the the meat, like the muscle and like the anger guy was like the comedic relief of the show, to be honest. Like he was probably the funniest character on here. Uh, well, I, I would say Bob is. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. Bob is. Oh, oh, yeah, I thought Bob. you were talking about the secure. The, oh, no, 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 they were no. kind of funny, too. The, oh, yeah. the, the no, guy Bob himself was the funniest character. I just think that's just funny that you have the darkest character at the same time be the funniest. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. For me, Bob's journey was like in the beginning, he was funny. Where it's like, okay, he's just like kind of like not a lovable asshole, but like a necessary asshole. And he has great lines. And obviously the fucking Australian accent's great and shit. And then when he shows up on Ava's doorstep and Abbasi is like taking the pictures, that's when I was like, all right, like, fuck this guy. Like, he's actually like being such an idiot and a fucking problem. And he's the worst now. And that was I was like, okay, I don't even like him anymore. Yeah. And then Pink... And red, it's like okay, I like the storyline for him. It's I fun do, I, to watch him on this. It's funny because I feel like I had the same uh, path of like how I felt about Bob, with the exception, and I'm sure this is way different for you, Kyle, than it is for me and Dave, because we had Bob information way before Violet and Green. You had no idea that Bob was going to end up with Judy while Stan was like escaping prison and stuff after that huge time skip. While we were yeah, going, that's true. we were going back and seeing this introduction of. Bob being Judy's like, I don't know, smuggler assistant there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like Stan has no idea that the, what what they're actually doing on the side. And like, that was like an interesting experience because Stan didn't hate Bob at the time yet for the right reasons. Like besides him just being a dickhead, that was like a cool experience going backwards and seeing the start of Judy and Bob's relationship when she cut Stan off for him. The last thing I'll say about Bob, though, is he, without a doubt, has one of the most savage moments I've ever seen in like television history with with what we were talking about earlier with the pen through the throat, oh. because, oh, my God, that was painful to fucking watch because he like he lines it up and he's just like, all right, he's like lining it up. He's like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And he just fucking smacks it right into his throat. I was like, that is fucking ridiculous. That is the, talk, talk about will to live. We were talking about Alice in Borderland, will to live. And I was like. Bob definitely has the fucking will. <laughs> he would fucking be alive. Bob. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even I actually thought you were going to say just because I watched it last and the most recently when he just takes the cleaver in the chest. Oh, my God. And just laugh. He gets shot in the ass. Laughs. Yeah, like, it's crazy. He takes the cleaver in the chest. And he, I thought for sure he was going to kill her mom or her her aunt or whatever right there or her, oh. her old maid. Rather, I'm sorry. Right there. I thought she yeah. was dead. And he showed some restraint. And I was like, OK, maybe he's turning the corner because of these podcasts. <laughs> He literally just drives down to South Carolina on just like a ton of cocaine and just is has a cleaver hole in his chest. And he's like, he gets out of the car and he's so bloody when he's just like sniffing around the bar, like looking like a literal zombie criminal. I was like, he is such a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Call the co- like anyone in their right it's mind. 10 a.m. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. He's wandering up to this bar, clearly packing multiple weapons on him, and it's just arm in a sling covered in blood. He was wild. I honestly, at the end, now that we're kind of talking about it more, like he was just a character I just love to hate. Yeah. And he, along with Ray, I think had the best ending. Like it just made total sense in the direction that the show was going. They both deserved to kind of die. And, and it worked in the way that they did, where it kind of gave the FBI agent something to do in the very, very end. It like 
they can say they accomplished something in this whole heist investigation. And then obviously Ray's was deserved in its own way, which we didn't even really talk about who killed Ray. I guess we could do that when we get to white at the end. So moving on after Bob, let's move over to Hannah because we did cover a lot of her stuff. So Hannah Kim, AKA Ray's daughter who has the sister Liz, that's part of her storyline. So in terms of her, our first introduction was yellow. And that is the opening scene is her doing the fake heist under Solace's order to prove that yeah. the security, like they, they knew their security stuff. And that was one of my favorite scenes of the entire show was her fake heist mm-hmm. flirting with the girl to get the password and do the camera thing. Like that was just genius, such a good start for the show. And these, this is definitely one of the silver linings of letting the randomness happen and starting with this just six weeks before the heist, right? Like she was amazing, but to be honest, after episode yellow it was just every single other episode i started to root less and less for her till we got to the end where she basically was just meant to be an obstacle for ray and and like the moral thing um but yeah i didn't end up walking away from the show loving hannah i thought she had a great intro but yeah Um, i just felt like she was just an obstacle absolutely the same way with starting with yellow which again i will reiterate i think that was a great start for me um because you just get enough backstory in each character um, and Hannah's introduction was just really totally badass with the the whole fake abduction and everything. Mm-hmm. But you're right because, and I think the the issue with that is is because you're not really, I guess, meant to know her position or like that she's the son of Ray for a while, and so she's just the head of security. Like that's all she really is. Like Roger will just call her. She'll make an appearance here and there, and it's like a, there's no attachment here. Like what she did in the very first episode, at least for me, what was the very first episode was really badass. And then you just get a bunch of follow up scenes of her just doing her job. Mm-hmm. And then when you find out, like when we get past the heist, that's when the switch flips because that's we've already resolved all the conflict, and she's trying to move on to what she wanted her life to be originally. So that second half gives her more depth than in what it was at the beginning for sure still didn't like it I just yeah, sure. i i really liked hannah i guess because i you know met her as a young child and then her life gets flipped yeah, upside down and yeah and all this stuff and i got all of it in order so i really liked her it was fun to watch her grow up and become a badass and i think she's the most sympathetic character i feel like you know yeah. her mom fucking died her dad went to prison, like refused to ever let her visit. Then he pops up into her life. She finds out that this guy who mentored her was actually doing it for like all of the wrong reasons, not all of the wrong reasons, but he's not who he says it is and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And she gets pregnant and all this stuff. And I was happy to see that she had a happy ending. That might've been probably my favorite, not my favorite part, but one of my favorite parts of the ending is the way that she kind of got out clean on the other side and like everything was okay for her. I really, I was- And I love her actress. I was fully expecting a twist of her being pregnant from Roger Salas. Like that would have added so much more clusterfuck to like Ray because he would have been like, okay, that's my grandchild, but it's also the grandchild of the person I hate most in this world. Like I think that child. Yeah. Like the, yeah, sorry. But I thought for sure that Roger Salas had knocked her up because they never really talk about the father. So I'm like making all these assumptions in my head. Like, who is it until we like talked about it a little bit last night. I was under the impression that it was Salas. Like, I think they did a bad job of showing that, that, that that wasn't what it was because they make a couple, they have a couple of scenes where like Ray saying he took everything from me. Like he doesn't get her. And then the pregnancy thing happened. Reveal happens later that episode. So I, I don't know. I just didn't love that. I'm kind of thinking about it now. Did she even need to be pregnant? Like, 
like what were there any like downsides or like did it impact her at all her being more emotional for ray at the end i I think i have a grandkid it's a lot about their relationship because i mean like when they first meet back up not when they first meet back up but they have that scene the first scene on the pier where like you kind of find out that she's the one on the inside and she reports the stuff back to him and then he's like telling her all about the heist or whatever. And he goes like, is anything like up with you? And this is after she knows she's pregnant and she doesn't tell him. And that's kind of symbolic of where their relationship is at that point. Okay. Because she doesn't feel like she can kind of say that to him. And he's so still focused on this revenge thing. He's not seeing like the fact that he's reunited with his daughter and she is literally pregnant and that's fun. But Roger Salas notices literally immediately because he's like, you switched to decaf. Mm-hmm. like he knows that was, right that away was, that was cool observation skills on roger south mm-hmm. yeah oh, that was sure. cool he was i mean low-key i mean we'll talk about him he, he was a beast but he's let's go let's go right into him then yeah, he's I the think we're pretty the much story. anything else about hannah i feel like we covered a lot earlier the only yeah, thing I'll, my, i only have one complaint with yellow and it was being that hannah we knew so early on that hannah at least from my time watching it that hannah was going to be the inside person that because if they didn't include that scene i feel like i would have been way less likely to pick hannah as the uh, like the rat at the very end but because in the very first episode i see that her and ray have that connection and he's like we're going to do this together the whole time i know she's going to turn on roger i didn't know she would necessarily turn on ray too but i just it just kept lingering in the back of my eye i legitimately thought that she was going to be on roger's team like throughout watching yellow until the actual reveal i thought for sure like i even wrote a note that it's like oh my god she's like she's going to be so loyal to him after whatever actually i forget the exact event that makes me do that but like they're playing into for me watching chronologically that yeah like she fucking hates yeah. her dad because he's a dick bag and all this shit and i was like fuck okay and then it was oh shit she's one on the inside and i was on it and i was cool <laughs> okay so let's go into roger Salas, who we just talked about i just wrote him he's kind of like the main rival right like he's the enemy of the show mm-hmm. in a way and based on what you just said kyle like a minute ago about him i didn't think we were going to have the same opinion about him as a character but i ended up loving solace like He's by great. the end thought it was rooted in the idea that i didn't know violet's information about what he did to ray until much later so it was always just okay this guy's like a sketchy businessman i don't really know what he did yet uh, I I was just like he's charismatic, he's smart, like he's confident. He's got yeah, exactly. And he's like rich as fuck, like all of this stuff. Like I was just like this guy's like super interesting. And then when you do get the violent reveal, like okay, you could pick a side. Like you can say you absolutely hate him for not even attempting to save Lily and all that stuff, which is totally fair. And I kind of agree. But by the end, like even the conversation he has with Ray in the prison cell is like one of the best conversations of the show. And you don't even feel like you walk. I didn't feel walking away that he's like still a villain, even after being confronted, like all of that. I was just like, damn, this guy was like a good character that was entertaining to watch equally heist minded as Ray. So it was like a perfect rival. All of that was good. And he did end up, you know, taking a huge punishment of jail time for years and stuff like that. So it seemed like it was just like, it was just, well-written all the way around for his character him and ray i feel like had the that was like the backbone of the show so like it had to be something that hit for me or else this i would have thrown this whole show out and this is the piece that really did well for me was the roger solace and and ray closure and of course those two also performed i think the best as actors as well on the show i mean granted they probably also had the most screen time but i just think both of their performances were just perfect and exactly what you would want from your you know actors in these in these characters and so roger agreed completely was an amazing villain 
really loved him by the end. It's funny. Whoever said it on the beginning of the pod was like, oh, kind of like slouched down a little bit with some characters by the end. I feel like a lot of these characters, I'm just like, once we get into the pink and uh, violet episodes and white, I guess, like that's when a lot of these characters turn around for me personally, because you're right. That scene at the end, too, with Roger in the prison with Ray is just it was so good. And like, I think that for me that speech made him feel a little bit more villainous to me because he was like, you know, I got 20 years, but they're going to let me out in eight. Like, I don't know if I could have saved your wife kind of a dick thing to say, obviously. And then he's just like rubbing in his face. Like, was this all really worth it? Like your wife is still dead. It's I'm only here for eight years. What did you really get done? So, but that speech, I think made me, I was just like, dude, this guy is fucking dark and twisted. And it's just everything you could have asked for from the buildup that we had seen from mm-hmm. all the previous episodes to have him capitalize at the very end. It was just perfect, perfect performance. Yeah, I think for me, meeting him in Violet, and I, obviously the ending of Violet is fucked up because he lets Lily die, but he's great in Violet. I mean, my first interaction is you don't know that he is in on it at the start. Mm-hmm. So like he comes into the closet and he goes, yo, and they're like drunk and they're like fucking like for the boys. And he's like, yeah, look at this watch. And then he's laughing that Ray almost gets stuck in the fucking vault and shit. And like they eat sandwiches afterwards. And it was just funny. I was like, oh, this guy's the fucking man. Yeah, that was a great, great actor. So like he started so high and then it's kind of like, obviously at the end of Violet, he gets worse because of the decision that he makes. But then we meet him again and he's still cool. Like, it's cool to watch him be the businessman to like Mm -hmm. do the deals, like all the quotes that he says, his office is cool and all that shit. And then, like you guys said, the ending, he's great in that conversation with Ray. So I really liked him as a character. That's probably one of the biggest things with how we watched it. That's going to be different for us is that. So you saw Ray right off the bat being boys with Ray, like Roger, Roger, or sorry, Roger. Um, But for us, we didn't know what their connection was. We just knew that Roger had fucked over Ray in some way that was so extreme that Ray was willing to give up everything. And so when we start off with Violet and them being boys, I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, And then you obviously know by the end of the episode, it's something wild is going to happen that is the cause for them to be enemies. And oh, my God, that lives was, up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're they're kind of going through it and like he's kind of roping them back into these jobs and he's like no no so and i'm like there's really nothing at that point yet where you're just kind of like okay this guy's a villain it's not until the very very end when shit hits the fan with the with the the fire that you really kind of understand what his motives were sup everyone brian here host of the tv and movie trivia podcast it's a trivia style podcast focusing on tv and movies listen in for questions like What's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and movie trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia. So let's move on to a quicker hitter here. RJ, who I'm sure you guys can guess what he was listed as for the heist. Driver. Getaway. The Getaway driver, driver, yeah. yeah. Getaway driver, either one. 
I'll say my piece and I'll be done because I thought he was just so useless that if you probably pulled every single scene and line of dialogue he had out of the show, nothing, absolutely nothing changes. I, they just thought that you need a driver for a heist show and they just put this guy in there. And I, I didn't get the point at all. Totally get it. And I mean, the only reason I'm like such a fan of him is because he was just like the dork of the group. Like he was definitely on the spectrum in some way and just, you mm-hmm. know, didn't really have the social skills. So I just thought he was a nice, again, just piece of. You know, maybe not like the wild card like Bob is, but still is just another outlier in the like the mastermind group of like everyone who is so good at heisting. And then you just throw this guy in here who just clearly is not meant to be there. But I get it. I mean, I love I loved RJ because he was kind of relatable, I guess. Like, I would that'd be totally me in that situation. I feel like just completely clueless. And I'll make a point against that in a second. But go ahead, Kyle. I'm shocked that anyone could dislike RJ, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, he does do. Like he does a decent amount for the team. I feel like him getting the like the code for the truck while he's like riding his bike to the city next to the truck, like that was a huge moment. They needed that. And he mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming it was his idea to sew on the patch of the SLS that like the actual thing says like we protect the things worth protecting, but he sewed it on as we steal the things worth stealing. Like that was funny. Mm-hmm. and the way he died i mean the way he died and went out i guess for me because i had no idea what was going to happen like he gets shot and i was like oh my god like motherfucker yeah, I was yeah, yeah. like pissed and like blown away and especially because it's judy who does it so that i think played a role for me liking him because i was like oh fuck that felt like motherfucker rj my, my main that. negative with him was he was probably the reason why they had the blow uh the water into the tunnels because Dude. that like when he runs down there that's like one second of Judy doing what she needs to do. Like, cause she had to look up and like talk to him for a second, I guess, or something. And then in that time, they felt like they dropped the explosive yeah. or whatever it is and the water floods. And that, that just, that is actually what kind of fucks everything in the beginning. Maybe not to a full extent, but it definitely, like, when the safe is filling uh, with water, they're all just like, she, is she's there more a- to blame. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah, totally definitely also more to blame. And I also, I felt so weird that she was the one to shoot RJ. It just didn't feel right to me. Like it would have been so much better for me if Bob shot RJ. Well, it's just it's a symbiotic, symbolic, not symbiotic. Symbiotic. <laughs> it's symbolic of like her toxic the toxicity of her relationship with Bob. And obviously maybe even like how much she actually loves him. Like she was pretty much I feel like RJ's best friend on the team. She was the nicest person to him. Yeah. And that's why it stuff. surprised and she me fucking killed his ass for Bob. For me, it just would have been better. It doesn't change anything if Bob is the one that shoots her. If anything, it makes more sense to me because not even two seconds ago when Bob was kicking the shit out of him, she was like, oh, my God, RJ, like, are you okay?" And then RJ kind of gets some balls and starts defending himself. And then she's just going to shoot him like, well, she would always pick Bob over RJ. Yeah, that's what it's tragic. It makes it tragic. Bob shooting him is too like easy. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's in line with Bob. That doesn't elicit any level of emotional response. Like Judy, like it haunts Judy going forward. Like it's a part of her character. But again, and to go back to what we were talking about with like the spoilers, knowing Pink's information going into white, it was just like when I saw him get shot, I was like, okay, like this is obviously the moment where it make it makes sense now that why. Judy never answered Ray on where's RJ and she was the the cause of that. So it was, that was a less impactful death for me. Let's go right into Judy because it just makes sense for what we're talking about here. So what do you think she's listed as? Chemist, right? Or was explosives, explosive expert. So 
I thought that Judy was amazing in the first couple episodes. Yeah, like yellow, yep. yellow, and even um, what's what's directly after yellow is orange and blue is probably all fine yep. for Judy. Everything else, she almost became my least favorite character. I think she was for me, honestly, by the end. So, okay, talking about just what her role on the heist is in hindsight, she did legitimately nothing right like not added zero value if anything just, yeah, she just killed carried, the driver carried some cases and that dude was it. i Whoa. wanted to f- her well, blowing that shit up is like the whole thing yeah wait well she didn't she didn't blow it up ava yeah, was the did. one who ended up no what do you i mean? thought the whole no, thing ava doing that was I'm, I'm i'm a bit confused here she like it her it was her idea like everything about that was her she like she created that scenario for that i mean ava was the one who had to pull the trigger because she wasn't like uh, why well, I lost her name somehow, Judy. I don't believe it was going to be the one to pull the trigger, but Ava, like that was kind of like their backstop. But Judy's idea was like the whole reason why the heist could keep going on. Well, I thought the whole thing was that the, that Ava doing that was Plan B if Judy couldn't do her only job, right? That's like, yeah. I mean, that's fair, but I feel like we're not getting there at all without Judy. Okay, that's fine, whatever. She, they needed that little bit of knowledge. Either way, I still I do fucking hate the idea that that RJ like walks up to her and grabs her freaking arm. Like that was the yeah, that, that to was... me was almost the worst piece of writing of the whole thing, mm-hmm. along with the idea that she when she dripped sweat into her own beaker and like caused the explosion. It's like you you're the most unprofessional explosive expert ever and she I don't know. I was just so annoyed by Judy. And then you add on top of it, like that was the white part of the show. I already saw how she open ended left pink, like how she was about to ditch my the boy fact, Stan. Yeah, the fact and, that she was even considering leaving Stan. Well, that's fucked. that's we'll talk about that yeah. too. But like that, add all that together, and I was just like, this bitch fucking sucks. Like everything about her sucks, and she's just like Stan's too good for her. Yeah. No. I don't know. Like there's so the many things point. I hated about Judy by the end. And I was just shocked because she was so cool in the beginning, even in green when she's, when she's dating Stan and she's like helping him out. Like she's still cool as shit. Like all of that. I just, yeah. Judy and RJ, they just were not it for me at all. I just didn't enjoy them on the screen. Yeah. I don't have much to add to that because I think you nailed it perfectly. Judy was probably the only, if not maybe the only character that I walked away after the first half of first quote unquote first half of these episodes where I actually kind of just actually despised her existence by the end. Yeah. I was sad. Maybe not despise her existence, but like on her character, arc, just kind of makes me sad. Uh, Totally. I mean, great for me, like the ending of her story is the open-ended question. So that's kind of maybe a bit better in my eyes, but it's just, and I am a, a slightly sympathetic because of the conversation that she has with Stan in pink where she's like, you know, the most I've ever stolen from a bank is like 20 K. Like she's clearly out of her depth in the scenario. Like she's, they're not this level of criminal We're kind of Ray and, and Ava are. So like that, I guess gives her a little bit of sympathy for me, but it's the idea of her just fucking with Stan. is yeah. just like not okay with me. Cause no, not at all. So let's talk about that ending though, because first of all, just her just obsession with Bob, like the fact that she gets any hint that he's around, she's about to just risk it all just to go like see him. And then after realizing like Bob's not going to be in the picture here and she gets whatever the bag of money and looks at Stan, who's just happily eating his tacos and stuff. And she looks down the road. I I just didn't see that ending really making that much sense to her. It would have made more sense to me if she just like ran back to the beach and got caught by the FBI going for Bob. Like that's just her toxicity there. But now she's not only toxic with Bob, 
Now she's like willing to ditch both Bob and Stan just to take the money by herself. Like all of it to me was just like, this is unsatisfying. I don't like you. I just get the fuck out of here. Like, and, and I didn't even have that be like the ending scene. I was like, okay, now I got to go watch her in white, knowing all of this bad information about her. And then I guess I, it made me, Hate look at more. it hate her more yeah seeing, and then yeah. seeing her fuck up in white and then that just kind of was yeah. the cherry on top of that yeah the, so i think me and I... you dave or at least you're on like this complete same page about her yeah and kyle your perspective is is obviously different because yeah. of the order of the events and honestly the more i think about it i'm of a mind where she didn't leave stan but that's I mean, I think, totally right? up for debate. oh for sure i i think honestly the, and the more i think about it, i think i actually like that they that that's actually what happened to her because I think it's realistic almost that like you know she has all the money, Stan's not looking, nothing but open road in front of her. A lot of people would think about that of just I have all the cash, I can just kind of take it all on my own. It does show that yeah, I mean, kind of her and Stan is more of like a situational opportunistic thing. Yeah. Versus for Stan, it's he actually is in love with her. Right. Um, That's what bothers but, me. Yeah. Well, I get, it bothers you because you like Stan as a guy. Yeah, I fucking love Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I respect it. I just, yeah, I mean, having her do that, I think, is making more sense to me the more I think about it. Not that I really like it. It just it feels like it's okay. And to reiterate, I, my benefit of the doubt is, like, I will never understand being in a relationship that is as toxic as that one. And so I can't for sure, like, be like... I would never have done that, you know, in her, in her shoes, like her and Stan, things like that, but, or maybe even less so with like shooting RJ, just things in that relationship that just made her be horrible, I guess. It's just, it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around. And I guess you're right. Like if you had such a shitty life for however many years it was at that point, and you're presenting this opportunity to kind of just a fresh restart, even if there is someone that potentially could be the one for you that you would maybe still choose like okay yeah. let me just r- still just get away from all this because stan is still somewhat of a reminder of bob because you know the heist and yeah. everything so i kind of get it i guess and for what yeah. it's worth i would have been happier if she just had that moment and then went back to stan yeah and that's yeah. Would have been happier. yeah yeah and it also is and when i think about it as well i mean it's exactly what ray says to bob he says here's the money all of it just forget about judy and stan just they everyone thinks you're dead just mm-hmm. stay dead take the money okay. clean slate fresh start and she has that thought ah my head cannon is going to be cuz i like to sleep well at night that she goes back to stan and they mm-hmm. are happy yeah yeah but then is it even like true <laughs> happiness though because she she, she always thought. has that thing in the back yeah whatever okay let's she go thought to stan. And she chose she chose to stay when she could have left so it's let's, even stronger. Let's talk about Stan then, because I actually don't think they had a um, name for his his role, but I just assumed it was like supply runner kind of. Abasi Abasi labels him as smuggler. Smuggler, that's exactly. I was going to say is. he was probably, if anything, his label would have been Mario because he's just he does a little bit of everything. So <laughs> something you said earlier, Dave, that I <laughs> yeah he he really does. Stan is the most well rounded. Yeah. Something you said earlier though that makes me hate rj even more is like that you said that rj is the relatable one where i completely think stan covers all of those bases it makes rj even more irrelevant because stan is actually compelling and he actually has a lot more relevant screen time and he's like a kind of a glue piece because he brings it like you said earlier like the the judy and the bob thing yeah stan Stan loomis loomis is his last name which Shout out to our uh, elementary school rivals there. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Loomis. He's just great. I did the perfect, I think, encapsulation of Stan as a character. And this was 
I laughed out loud. This was so good that he fucking takes a lift back to the hideout after the heist. <laughs> I love that. I literally laughed out loud when that so happened. So good. Yeah. And he thought it was like not a big deal at first. He's yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I got tons of student name. Like I got tons of fake names. Like yeah. I use them. I use it all the time. <laughs> Whoever said it off pod like yesterday, whatever, said that they remind him so much of Huey. I just yeah, now yeah. am like whenever I'm picturing Stan, I'm literally picturing Huey. Exactly. I, just can't, I can't. But he's way cooler than Huey. No way. I think we were actually having this conversation too. Like, who would we? I think I'd rather have Huey. Well, he's way cooler than like season what? one. The season one Huey, but by the end, season three Huey is pretty crazy. I love season three Huey. That's <laughs> crazy talk. Stan I, is like. He legit smuggles things into jail and like yeah. supplies everyone. He's like the cook. He fucking grows mushrooms Huey in bangs prison. A, There's no way Huey, Huey bangs cooler. a soup, dude. Oh, okay. If Stan, <laughs> if, if there was fucking superheroes in this world, I'm sure Stan's bagging in one of them. Stan's dropping loads. You left and right. <laughs> yeah, come on, baby. He got the butcher shop. He fucking knows. Uh, he loves to cook. How I, I'm blown away that Huey. you could pick Huey. I'll pick him. Huey. So let's talk about this though, Kyle, because your introduction to Huey was green. Like Huey, just talk to. Says Huey. He literally says it. It is Huey, bro. Are you kidding so me? They might as well be. I literally thought when I saw the first poster, I thought it was uh, Quaid. So yeah, funny. I thought it was him. Oh my god! But talk yeah. to me about yeah, Stan. So my introduction, my introduction to Stan <laughs> is green, like you said. Loved him from the get. I love that we get that him and Ray are sweet mates. Are sweet mates? Jesus, cellmates. <laughs> Ain't nothing sweet about that cell. And. <laughs> I love how big of a character he became. I don't think I ever really noticed a lot of the promotional materials with them on it. So it was fun to see like their, I guess, backstory first. He's just a resourceful ass guy. He's just a nice yeah. dude. It was fun. I loved seeing their meet back up outside of jail, like knowing that they broke out together and that Stan pretty much sacrifices himself for ray to get out and then they meet back up and they're fucking chatting and they're boys and like that's what i even wrote down like i'm just so interesting to hear of like what people thought honestly having it the reverse of me because it was sick for me to be like oh the reunion versus you guys being like okay they're obviously friends but like what's the story behind that it's probably same level of feels where it's like we know that there's some you know they're they're very good for each other they're they're boys and everything but and then when you see how they became boys, it's just like, oh, yeah, like solidify it as like great duo. So mm -hmm. it went from like being great to just even greater for the backstory. Yeah. So the actor himself was great, too, because our first scene of Stan is is in the yellow episode. I think he's the first or second person he gets recruited. Mm -hmm. And you you look at him and physically like just, you know, how it is like you think he's like this nerdy little guy that how is he going to get involved in this heist? But his first interaction with the guy at the counter that he's like smuggling something for, you find out right away, okay, this guy, he he gets shit done. Like he knows what he's doing and he's likable and he's obviously not like a dickhead, intimidating person. And yeah, like I had no idea what to expect for the backstory connection between Ray and Stan. Mm -hmm. Like I was almost thinking that when we initially see Stan as the cook, I thought what they were going for was that he was a worker at the prison that was going to eventually help Ray break out. I didn't right, think I that he was too. like a prisoner as well. Yeah. So that was like, a cool little twist there of how they they actually like did hard time together that's like a bond you really can't break so that trust and loyalty is just so blood deep between the two especially with hindsight of the end of green of them breaking out together it's like okay stan is raised like number one guy here besides ava like this is awesome like i 
that's like the core of this heist group. And it, it was just so fun watching him because even at the end, like he's sitting there eating some freaking tacos while FBI just shot Bob, who was coming <laughs> to murder the shit out of him five feet away. And Judy's thinking about leaving him his ass with millions of dollars. Like all this is happening. And he's got like the biggest smile on his face. So thankfully he doesn't get to find out about that stuff, at least until off screen after. So like his ending was sort of happy because even if they were poor, he was with Judy, his love, like, it almost felt like he got one of the best endings. Um, but yeah, Stan, dude, come on. He's the best. He was so good. I thought it was so well done of the, like, it was so perfectly Stan. And it was a great tension builder when he's like rushing uh, Judy, when he's like, come on, like, we got like 10 o'clock. Like, we got to get there. We got to get there. And like, you think it's because he's going to the fucking restaurant to meet Bob yeah. because ray called him or whatever and it just turns out he wants to get to the fucking food truck before so the languids tacos didn't run out and it's so fucking wholesome and cute yeah and I, I just fucking rock with him for the yeah. day i die he's a lo- he's just a lovable idiot yep yeah that's really all it was for me too it's just oh my god sam was just such a, a treat to watch on screen again you probably just him and huey are just so interchangeable it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> but god he was just, way cooler his, yeah his ability to <laughs> We'll bring that back up on the next Patreon episode with the whole Town squad. His ability to be so clueless is just so, it's just so charming. He was, I mean, so versatile though. He plays the fucking eye doctor Mm -hmm. when like they need the eye doctor. Like even at the end when he, him and Judy are kind of running a little bit of the same thing that, um, that Graham slash Roger and Ray were doing where like, but I love that he backs out because the guy's going to fucking put it on a menu and he's like, they're going to know. And at first I thought it was like, he was like trying to say that like the integrity of the wine, like they can't put it on a menu, like it should be enjoyed as like a private collection, but it turns around to be a different thing. But I just, yeah. I loved everything about him. I have no complaints. The only thing is that he's just such a simp for Judy. Yeah, he is definitely a huge simp for Judy, but I love that like early on in the episodes, you know, he's really just so timid when it comes to Bob, like Bob is definitely in his face a lot of the time and he kind of doesn't really bark back really at all. And then just throughout the progression of the episodes you do see that he is willing to slowly kind of talk back more and more after he sees more and more of how he treats judy and that just lights his fire under his ass and that's the kind of person i can get behind is if you fuck with one of us you know you fuck with me too so all right we're gonna take her home two more big characters here we got to talk about and then we'll pick up anything else that we uh missed so i'm gonna take this next one because these two characters are the extremes for me where I think Ava is the fucking best character of this show. I think she's, in my opinion, in her own tier of like my favorite characters. It's her and a little bit of a gap. So I, I loved her so freaking much. What do you guys think she was listed as? Uh, weapons. Uh, weapons expert. Yeah, was, what, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly that what it was. I mean, you want to say done. you want to say Stan's resourceful. She is resourceful. She yeah. knows the ins and outs of this heist world. She's like badass. She's super loyal to Ray, which is amazing. She's attractive and she's just like the best all around a character. Everything about her was so good. Like she was such a good character and I was so confident like that she was just all in with Ray and like making sh- and locking down this heist that I didn't even really buy the her being a rat thing for like a not, second. Not I was just oh, waiting I for the hell out of it. Did you really? I did oh, not sure. think there was a I wonder if that's shot. Has, I wonder if that has anything to do with the ordering, but I was the same way as you where I just no there wasn't chance. a doubt in my mind. Cuz you heard my guesses beforehand. Ava was never on yep. my radar for being the rat. It was too obvious. She is just so beautiful too. I it's believed it, like, man. For me, it was a roller coaster ride with her. Yeah, because they had me for a little bit, thinking that she was totally going to be the rat. They had us in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> and it was great to get to white, and then 
her and Ray kind of be on the same page of like setting off the lights and like completely setting the FBI up in that trap. But again, Mm -hmm. the one complaint I had there too is that like, I guess they had to set that trap in that way, but so dumb to give them the opportunity to snoop around. Like they can literally get caught because of that trap because they fucking pull all the feeds out of the fake feed jam or whatever. That was maybe one of my biggest complaints too, is just you're going to set up a trap that's going to be in the place of, yeah, you know, that is like the main control room of the, the heist pretty much. They they didn't really, I mean, I think they had to do it that way because she, she bought that floor. Granted, that was exactly what I was going to say too, is that like, that I, I'm sure that was probably the only space they were working with, but they couldn't have done it in like a different floor of that building. They just straight up wouldn't have been able to get there. So I think that was like the only option. And they tried their best to hide the control room, which didn't work. They could have done a little bit more there. But... So out of her mind that she's willing to just yeah. do yeah. anything. I'm but... fucking pissed that she's dead, though. Are we talking oh. about? Oh, Ava. Yeah. Ava's oh. ending. Oh, my God, man. I was like so depressed. I thought we were in the clear like they escaped from from Bob's holders and dude i loved everything about how where she hid guns in her house too and the one that mattered was like the table leg that was like fake and she whips out that gun and that's what she uses to shoot him before getting shot herself but that was like the saddest thing ever and it made it even more sad because ray didn't get to she didn't get to like say bye or anything she was just dead by the time ray got there oh it it hurt and it's for me watching it i was it was like okay She's so dead. She's so dead. And then they get uh, unclasped themselves from the duct tape. And I'm like, okay, she's got to live. And yeah. then not even like five seconds later, she gets a fucking bullet in the chest. I was dead. I was holding my breath at that part. I was like, no. That was definitely yeah. the one death that it, it could have. It was maybe felt a little predictable a little bit, but it's still just the impact because of her relationship with Ray. Like we're rooting for Ray. We're rooting for Ava and for her to die. And then Ray not have like the happy ending that he did or didn't deserve regardless i think they still should have been together but total gut punch oh it was brutal and then him then then he lost two loves of his life and that's just how can you put that on one man's and that Mm -hmm. made it even more believable that you knew that ray was going to probably die by the very very end because what else at that point did he have to live for but like i mean he had his daughter but he had the parkinson's and you know now that his love of his life is now dead again like yeah, I, I would watch a spinoff prequel of Ava. Like, she is just so goddamn great on screen. My top three scenes of this show, I think, were one of the, I think it was, it was orange or blue. I think it was blue, the one with that was centered around the FBI agent, where Ava is getting interviewed before the fake out of the rat uh, situation. She's getting interrogated, I should say, at like the precinct or whatever it was. And she's just so badass. She's like looking at the double mirror and she's just being so confident about how they got her fingerprints on the bullet. Like that whole thing was acted so well. And it just makes her just so likable, just how confident she is in herself. Like everything about her, she's such a good sidekick to ray and make the, she makes everything possible really she's got the connection she's the one hooks up people up with the fake ids and like all of this it's just the baggage or not the baggage the background of her that gets implied because of these resourceful scenes is just so cool like she is like up there in the on the the black market world like i don't oh, know she she's, she's got famous. yeah she's awesome she's so she, good i think i think her death more than anything else is the reason why i'm glad that i watched chronologically or at the very least why i think watching chronologically helps more at the end 
than at the beginning because that's yeah. like the last thing I get from her. Like it felt yeah. very fine. Like I like I don't even know if I would like why would I even want to go back and watch White? Um, you're asking. You're right. You know, I feel the same way. I literally feel the dead, same way. Like it, they're all dead almost. It's kind of like okay, well, what the fuck? Why do I even give a fuck what went wrong yeah. at the heist? Like I've seen them die now. Damn, I've been stuck in my head. She looks so familiar to me, and I think I finally found the actress that she looks like, and I think it's, it's like, Penelope Cruz. Oh, okay. Like, I, could see I was gonna say she looks like um the original Jean Grey actress. What's her name? For uh, a second, I don't know why I was thinking when you said Jean Grey of thinking of Mrs. Fantastic and I was like Jessica Alba <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's invisible woman oh invisible woman I'm sorry I got <laughs> I was like what no he's miss she's Mrs. Fantastic technically I so. guess yeah that's her married name yeah. <laughs> she her. also kind of looks like um Penelope Cruz is spot on though dude Fuck, I'm blanking on it. Who was the blind side? I'm so stupid right now. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. She, she does kind of looks bit, like yeah. her a little bit, yeah. too, with darker hair. All right, let's take this home and talk about the last character. So we go from my absolute favorite character to my least favorite character, Nizan Abasi, the oh, FBI yeah. agent. I hope that you guys agree with me, but I fucking hated her so much to the point where I was just so mad she was in the show because when you have an FBI character like this in a show, that kind of create some expectations that there has to be some level of triumph from the FBI side. And I hated that because that meant like there was no situation where the heist gets away perfectly and everything works out. Like they had to get some sort of win. And she was just such a thorn in the side where I also just like hated her. And like all they did was give you background of why you should hate her even more. Like she was yeah. an ex drug person. She's fighting for um, custody battles over a kid who she keeps failing because she's obsessed with work. She sandbags. The only good part of her storyline was Bubba Wheeler, her partner. Like who was like that a, was his name? I think so. That's, that's what they Wheeler. Yeah, I, I mean, called it. That's way. so funny. But like, he was great, and he loved her. But he didn't realize how fucked up her life was, and all this shit. And like, I almost want to say the best thing about her was how awful her ending was for her as a character. Not like awfully written, like awful as her as a character, because she ends up getting killed by the triplets through poison. That's Not super explicit, but that's pretty much what's the general consensus of what had happened. So I was kind of happy that she got pretty much nothing good happening to her, except <laughs> she killed she killed Bob. So whatever. It's fine. I, I liked the, the the details of her backstory. I thought it was it was interesting, and they fleshed her out. But yeah, it was just there was no part of the story like that I actually genuinely liked her at. Right. I mean, I felt really somewhat great. sympathetic for her backstory. Of like why she was the way she was, but you're still so hardcore team us, team team, mm -hmm. that she is just like not fun. I exactly. Mean, That's the best way to say it. When you introduce a character that is that obsessed and without really like a defining purpose, like she just wanted to crack this case kind of thing. Like maybe she, she did know she had some history with Ava. I get it. But like she was so obsessed at like these little hints that she, like she had I mean, no she idea how right, big though. This I mean, she was like, it's kind she of right the whole fucking time. <laughs> Those obsessions kind of contradict with her backstory because, again, Luke brought it up. She is so obsessed with her work that is like she is willing to, you know, bust into a building like throw, she throws a brick into that fucking building and like and she has a kid that she needs to think about having custody with. And she is still willing to be so obsessed with this, these heist artists that. She's willing to just drop her kid. I mean, obviously, she feels the repercussions of it in, in those moments where they're telling her, like, 
you know, you lost your kid or, you know, this is a bad look for the lawyers and everything. And yes, you get that little feeling of doubt with her, but it never changes who she is. Like she, at the end of the day, she is still yeah, so set on our team for really no reason. Like she just has hunches that like, they're going to do something big. There was nothing giving it away that, oh, this was the heist of the century. Like she has to put away her kid to put these people away. Like nothing gave that away. And it just, it just made her ca- character feel contradicting to me. And well not, said, both not you, crazy. I'm so happy crazy. that you guys agree with me because, like, she sucks. I don't, she I don't think I agree with that from Dave though, because they explicitly state in the second AA meeting, the the woman who runs it says to her that like an issue that people that have recovering addicts have is that they just jump to another addiction, and her second addiction that she jumped to was work. Not That's just. It part of her character that's her second addiction couldn't have been like couldn't have been like being addicted to her child and just like being a good mother i mean fair enough i'm just saying they mean explicitly told you that is why she was acting the way she was you're absolutely right she gets killed for it yeah and that was the best part (laughs) yeah i mean that was awesome like i yeah i like the way that they did that i'm I'm just trying to think of like it was a good like just that's just a tough spot to be in as a character like thank god bubba was there yeah, because I feel like that made the scenes better, and that was at least kind of interesting. Of like, all right, when yeah. are they gonna fuck? And then they fuck. And it was like, okay, cool, they fucked. Mm-hmm. That I was just, fun for a little bit there, but I guess it's just difficult to make a likable FBI person in this scenario because we're so team team. She just got her just desserts in the end because of her obsession of digging into this heist that it led her also down the path of digging into the triplets too much. It's that funny, though, because in real that... life, like, we would be like, yeah, we're kind of team her, because like, yeah, we oh don't God, want yeah. these fucking yeah. rich people to just get away with this shit. But Yeah, but in TV shows, we're the opposite. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, we're team team. Even though she was a terribly, like, a terrible character in my mind, the closing was just really nice, how it came back to the triplets and everything like that. I think that was good that they yeah. didn't brush aside the triplets. It's just like, oh, they're just wealthy bodies. Like, they actually are willing to make moves, and mm-hmm. I think that was really well done in the end. They always stayed ahead of her, you know, like yeah. they even got her at the the end where they just give her Bob, essentially, where mm-hmm. like she's like, oh, my God, I thought they were coming with the money, but it's just Bob like to the end, Ava. And I guess technically Ray does the last thing like she was always a step ahead of her, which was fun because it was a little bit of the tension there of like when they're at the party and Ava's running and they get the person to slip the drugs into her and she gets caught that way. And it was like, all right, let's get it like that was the little cat and mouse game was kind of fun throughout the season. Yeah, the Ava versus her was great because Ava kept winning. So that was why it was good, (laughs) even though everyone around her at the like when they got Bob and it's like, okay, like case closed pretty much for the most part. She still was like, no, this isn't over. And that's why I probably enjoyed her death more because (laughs) she was never going to get to knowing all that information. Right. So that pretty much does it for all the characters. Now, what I'm going to suggest is we don't spend too much time doing it because we covered 95% of this show. I'm just going to say the name of the episode in chronological order, give the time frame and then bring up whatever you guys want. And then we could just take it home with our top three favorite characters. Cool. Sound good? Yep. All right, cool. So first one being in chronological order, like I said, Violet, 24 years before. This is mostly about Ray and Roger, like in their prime. So comments go. I have two things. First, uh, this was my introduction. Like I've said a million times, uh, the tension was so high throughout. We get multiple heists in this episode. I felt like I had been watching it for an hour and I was only 35 minutes in. I literally checked and I was like, holy fuck, there's still so much of this episode left. And two, 
I'm pissed that they had to fucking make that racist country club guy's name Kyle. That was <laughs> I did not fuck with that. That was my least favorite part of the show. Aren't Kyle's and Paul's like generally like pretty terrible people in TV shows? Definitely I know Kyle. I, I don't know. know wait, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with the Paul. I've never heard that before. But the only I'm reason the only reason too. I said Paul is because I've heard Paul complain about his name okay. being the, <laughs> the terrible person in the show yeah. all the time. So I was pissed. My, but she uh, called him Kyle when he's like says the ghetto shit. She's like Kyle, no, and I'm like, why the fuck's his name got to be Kyle? <laughs> My main okay. comments from this were how they did the CGI for them looking younger was really incredible. Just like seeing Giancarlo just in his younger days, it was just really well done. And I also loved uh, the prepping that we got for this specific heist in this episode, where like they are literally timing ray oh yeah and like putting the the necklaces together because he has four minutes between each person that comes in like mm-hmm. i just thought that was really an intricate part of the episode that i really enjoyed yeah i don't have anything really to add i just liked this is was awesome for me to get the roger reveal yeah and the death was obviously just horrible yeah the li- lily was a great like addition like getting to actually see that and then seeing young hannah that full circled everything so mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to Green, which, in my opinion, was the best episode of the series. This is seven years before set in the prison. Kyle already brought up the shrooms part, which was a 10 out of 10 because off podcast, off the record, I, I know that that experience was pretty damn good. Like, <laughs> I just pretty illustrated pretty good of like them just start giggling and dancing. Yeah. Like, all of that was awesome. Not to say that these drugs have ever been done in our presence, but it just reminded <laughs> me of a time that maybe one or t- once I was in a pool. And me and Kyle <laughs> are just fucking dancing in the pool, just vibing to different uh, Kyle. Right? I'm in love with the goat. Yeah, he's a dick, obviously. That's <laughs> different Kyle, not me. Kyle. Yeah, different Kyle. But obviously, that Absolutely. scene was fucking just yeah. so funny. Loved it. My comment will be that the woman guard who catches Stan and he says, like, oh, you, you know, got to take a guy to dinner first, whatever. That is his wife. No way, really? In the butcher shop in her Barbara. Yeah, that is his wife that eventually Wait, gets killed. Again? That's his wife. The woman who like catches Stan when they're trying to break out when he like sacrifices himself, she pushes him up against the wall and she's like, You're out of wherever and he goes, Oh, like, you know, take a guy to dinner first before you rough him up or whatever. Like that is who he marries her. That's who he marries when he gets Wow, out. I didn't catch that at all. Oh yeah, my it's the god. Same that's actually wild. Yeah. Nice. My, my only comment. comments on this were I, I loved Stan Tank and the beating that he took in the kitchen. That was crazy to watch. Little thing. But one thing I, I fucking loved was seeing the operation of Judy get the SIM cards into the prison was awesome. When she like yeah. grabs his hand and he just takes all the nails off. I was like, yo, that was fucking yeah, that genius. Was... That's like now you see me too. If you've Clear. ever seen that, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. So let's go to yellow. This is pretty much the start of modern day. This is six weeks before me and Dave's first episode that we saw. We kind of said it earlier. This was such a good spot to, to really start. You get such a good introduction to all these characters as Ray's like introducing everybody. Because then you also get some action too with their mini heist of the diamonds. At yeah. The, like at the very end too. So it was just a good combination of just introducing people and as well as just giving you some a little taste of what's to come later in the episodes. And Hannah's opening scene was the probably the best opening scene of any of the episodes. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. great. That was going to be my comment is that it was so fun as someone who had been watching chronologically to see her grown up version of her was just 
awesome. And I love the actress. I think her name's Tati Gabriel. She's Gaia from The Hundred for all of our long time, long time Bingetown TV fans, the OG show. Uh, so it's just great to see her in another role. And she is fucking awesome in this. So, yeah, my only complaint was I'll reiterate it was that at the very end, we get the reveal that Ray. Well, I don't think they explicitly say that they're father and daughter, but we know right off the bat that Hannah's in on everything. So that kind of just makes me already know that she's going to turn at Roger at some point. See, for what it's worth, I was pretty in on the idea that Hannah was definitely going to be on Ray on Ray's side. I thought like when they started Rogers or Ray's Ray's. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm upset that that I feel like that just scene that scene just made me feel like she was solidifying herself with Ray's group and was going to turn on Roger at some point. No, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying I thought that before that scene. Oh, okay. I was yeah, very convinced that it was her because they we didn't even mention this in any way. There was no way to really bring it up. That whole storyline, the mini storyline about Roger's like side guy, the the guy that worked for him that Hannah ends up framing for stealing data in this episode to get the promotion to VP. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I forget yeah. his name. It's like Arthur yeah, Henry he the, or something. The white bald guy. Yeah, he yeah. gets killed eventually. Mm-hmm. That thing, like, I I thought right away, like that. As soon as he gets arrested for not for having the thing in his bag, I was like, okay, I thought he did hand. that. Yeah. yeah, that's to me convinced me that I don't know. I don't know how. No, I think you're right. Definitely. Yeah. Like, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't him, and like the only other person it could have really been at that was was Hannah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so moving on to episode orange which is three weeks before and i think this might be the worst of the of the first half of the series because this is so nizan centric it's like all about her and it made sense that it had to be all about her because you got to think about this if the kaleidoscope writers are going to do this where you can't watch in any order you have to really silo certain things and this just happened to be the one that i hated the most because it was all about nizan yeah I think yeah, even just before a necessary I... episode. I thought it was so funny. We've seen Nazan at this point while I'm watching, and I just when fucking Bubba says to her like, "I'm never gonna say no to you." Like yeah. I started, I laughed out loud. I just I thought it was such a funny, random, weird line. But then she was kind of into it, so I was like, "Okay, like whatever." <laughs> but like, I just thought it was so awkward in the moment that he said that. Yeah, fuck a boss, definitely. Uh, well, a bossy. A bossy, but I, the one scene that definitely was funny here for me was when Bubba is uh, listening in on the conversations with Judy, Bob, and Stan, oh, yeah. and <laughs> like Stan runs off, and it's just Judy and Bob just like yelling at each other, and then they just go into banging, and just it's Bubba in the car just sitting there like, <laughs> and you see the so blood, funny. like it's literally a blood stain on the car from them banging. No, Actually, no, no, no. It was because it, that was because uh, who got did Bob get? cut it was the hand it was it was from his yeah, shot his, hand. His, yeah his but so now i'm just split but now oh, i'm I thinking you about were saying it though. because of the bang so in pink though judy's able to identify the car because there's a blood stain mm-hmm. in the window which at the time to- i thought it was probably related to him just touching the car as he was leaving but now that i'm kind of thinking about it i'm pretty sure that blood that. stain was never yeah, yeah, washed yeah. out from when they were banging like that that's yeah. crazy okay so moving on to the blue episode which is five days before the heist this was just the major setup um, episode where they put everything in place. Like they got the fingerprints. They did the fake eye drop thing to get Stan in there to scan Roger's eyes and stuff like that. Like all of this is about that. And then this is the episode they de- deal with the extortion guy and have him killed. But I didn't really have anything else to add about this episode. I really liked this episode. I thought there was a lot of good parts. I was 
like pissed off that I thought Ray was the one who was calling Roger. And I was oh, like, I thought it was too. I was like, brother, what are we doing? Man? <laughs> we're so close. Why do you want him to be paranoid? And they revealed it was Andrew. I thought that was great. I love the scene in the fucking yeah. uh, electronic store with him. And then the spa scene was amazing. Oh, that I was, forgot that about was that fun. Yeah, yeah, when he's like standing oh, yeah. behind him and he has no idea who it is, and he's just like about to be over him, about to like he was never gonna kill him, but that was a little weird, but still fun to watch. He this needed was, to and, burn his world down. Yeah, I and I also for me, sucker, I love the whole idea of like the Hurricane Sandy inspiration of using the flooding from the hurricane against like the the shitty nature of New York's failed infrastructure that's kind of what i do in my day job so it was like like leo dicaprio like hey me pointing at the screen like <laughs> I, I recognize all of this i get the motive i see where they're going with this this was also the uh int- not that he was like a major character but this was also the introduction of roger's son uh who we find True. out like has dropped out of college and you know doesn't see a need to go to school yeah. so also i did write down here this is the end of this episode is when judy gives i mean this is right before they're leaving kind of for the heist ish and this is when Judy gives RJ the gun. And I literally wrote down that's going to be a bad thing that she gave him that gun. I mean, it's very <laughs> obvious. It's, you know, the most like basic trope ever. Chekhov's gun. Like if she's going to give him the gun, it's going to mean something. But I was like, fuck, I got such a bad feeling about this. All right, let's move on to white, which is the actual heist. Um, the climax of the show. We pretty much beat this one to death, but I'm sure there's something that we missed. If, open the floor to comments if anyone has anything. Um, I honestly, when I was watching this at first, I had no clue what the bees were for. I was like, I must have missed when they talked about that in early episode. But I was like, okay, we're doing the bee thing. Obviously, the heist itself was really great. Watching the like characters have to adapt to the situations and with all the problems that were happening. But fuck Bob for you know being the one to sure the 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 explosions that Judy was causing like didn't go exactly as planned, but they still could have at least. I mean, they were part- doing the plan fine, and then it's Bob who, when he leaves, pulls the, the one of the the circular key out of its hole, and then that triggers all the alarms. And then that's really when things start to get fucked. Yeah. We obviously needed that for you know suspense purposes, but again, really cool just seeing everyone adapt and actually, and especially with Ray too, really seeing his resolve in the in the middle of about to getting about to get four billion dollars, he's willing to just lose it all to just fuck roger so this was a good like emotional episode for him and then obviously rip rj mm-hmm. i'm just my, curious of yeah. like where like where's the tension level at for you guys we've kind of tiptoed around this question of you guys are watching this last i'm watching this with more episodes after it the tension level for me was like through the roof it wasn't that high for me if i'm being yeah. honest now that i'm like kind yeah. of thinking back on it because like i had said earlier i kind of was under already the assumption that RJ was going to die. I was under the assumption yeah. um, that like Hannah was going to be the rat or like some have some major role yeah, in this. That's so tough. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I respect it. Like I'm fine with it being if like they were saying like, okay, white is going to be the second to last episode and then you have to watch pink last. Like I think that maybe would yeah. have been probably the way to do it. Um, I think that would have been better. Like you get all the backstory and a little bit into the the moments after with the heist. You can still enjoy the heist for what it is. And then you get the big, big reveals with the mm-hmm. character deaths and mm-hmm. the un- the emotional ties there. Okay. So the last just, comment I'll make on why is just that I can't believe they didn't uh, fucking put bulletproof glass on that truck, but it's whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> have to re- rebring up just how savage Bob was for opening his own windpipe. So yes. play that thing. Something we haven't even talked about yet is 
you get the main the last second reveal of what uh ray puts into the into roger's vault and it's just the stolen necklace from violet now alki brought up a comment that i kind of agree with is how would nazan have seen that and instantly like known to have him arrested was it because of just her connection to how tight she was with the whole case she's obsessed with the case okay, that, yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense yeah because yeah she's obsessed like, with ray vernon yeah okay, okay my only other question i guess with white is so i got the like the the hints like when you know we got the green up or at least for pink we got the uh the pink sands and you know there was a lot of color coordination in the episodes but where was the white coordination here Did it was the it? end when like uh he's in the water like yeah, it was like the ray of light. I don't know. Ray of yeah, light. Exactly ray of white. Um, but what I <laughs> so so <laughs> that's literally what it was. <laughs> so Kyle, you already knew when the FBI agent arrests Roger on the spot, like you knew why, because it was that necklace yeah. that was in there. For me, I was that was one of the things that we didn't know for watching this last, and I was convinced that it was gonna be carlos's body the guy that hannah saves ray oh. from i thought it was just going to be like a dead body and that's how she would have like instantly react like you're under arrest how'd that get there but turns out to be the violet uh gem which is still fine yeah it's still a cool reference yeah okay two more here so now we're going to move along to red which is the morning after the heist after everything kind of fell apart and they're just picking up all the pieces this was a good episode just in the sense that like as someone who hadn't watched white yet at that point i'm just like what the fuck happened? Like for th- this was probably the shortest episode, I think, too, right? If yeah, it, was, it was like 35 ish minutes. Yeah. The whole 35 minutes. I'm like, this was the episode that made me really, really want to watch White. I'm just like, what the fuck right. happened that went so wrong? Where is half the people? Where are the fucking bonds? So I, I think this was just a solid, like high intense CD episode because they're still this is our tension. The, yeah, they're still yeah. dealing with the yeah. This is probably the highest yeah tension yeah. moment for all for us watching, um, because exactly like we we are just still immediately coming off the events of what just happened in the heist and people are freaking out. There's characters missing and it, this was definitely just a solid thirty five minutes. Honestly, kind of flew by for me. Yeah, watching this one. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that the standoff in the hideout was sick. I love him coming down from the fucking Murphy bed and and popping them both. That was really oh, fun. That was that was sick. Yeah. Yeah. This was where Judy starts to go downhill a little bit. Obviously, she's freaking out. In my head, I know that she's killed RJ. So it's like I right, fucked this bitch. Like she's trying to accuse everyone else of shit, but she literally just killed RJ. Small reveal of the bonds being just construction paper. I was just like. Get me to white, man. I was like, how yeah. is this happening? That <laughs> this is all like they were they were able to steal the bonds and then somehow get them switched out in yeah. that time. When I was watching when Ava, holy shit, I just oh, sh- like was trying to remember her name while I was saying it. Uh, when she pulls in with the truck, mm-hmm. there was police sirens like in real life, like outside of my door. And I was like, oh, my God, the cops are right around the corner. <laughs> like they're going to get them. <laughs> And then I paused the show and I was like, oh, shit, that's literally outside my window. And then shout out to Ava's savage moment because she literally got shot and continued to drive that fucking bus around until she almost died. So good for her. The only thing I'll bring up, low point, low point, low point for a boy Stan because him leaving his glasses down in the vault caused his wife and his mom to get murdered, which we didn't talk about, but. Yeah, you know, I don't like uh, to bring up negative things about Stan. So I didn't. oh, that leads into a small last comment is that the fucking face ID using on her dead body was like, oh, that's whack. That 
they can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> like that's such a great like. Okay. Yeah. yeah I actually yeah. think wasn't this was actually the episode that ended with the vault. Like yeah, with, the, yeah, yeah, the arrest yeah, yeah. of Roger. It's just like his face, and he's like, "Well, I want an attorney." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, now moving on to our last episode. Here is Pink six months after, and just like the bittersweet episode because I I really wish I watched it last. Like I just yeah. really really do. I care less yeah. about Red watching it before White, but like I just wish this was what I ended on. We talked about the endings of everybody, but we definitely should spend a little bit of time talking about. Ray's murder because we didn't say who it actually was um, and that was the reveal that it was Roger's son and I didn't know that the first time I watched it yeah I didn't either like did you have to did you get that from looking it up I just saw it on the internet and was like okay so I got lucky because it was me Dave and Alki and and Dave still had white to watch meaning he saw Ray get shot and I said to Dave and Alki, what do you guys think? Like, why was the person that shot Ray like wearing like all that colorful shirt? They both had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. So I said, okay, look at this. And I went to the last three minutes of pink, showed it to them. We saw and the we shirt. Didn't have, yeah, we saw the shirt, didn't have an answer, and then proceed to watch white. And then in white, you see the son wearing the yeah. shirt. And I was like, there it is. Like, holy <laughs> shit. That was just a total, like, absolutely awesome. lucky, right place, right time to, to catch that because I didn't know that was him until, again, yesterday. Um, This was, for me, my favorite episode, I think, pretty. I would say pretty confidently by far. I walked away from this episode. I didn't even really need to watch what I think we've said that already enough, like after watching <laughs> Pink, but obviously I had to watch it. But this was my favorite episode. I just I fucking loved front to back. This was the episode for me. I really enjoy the ending because it wasn't a happy ending. A lot of the characters that we were introduced to, I don't think actually any of them had happy endings. Now that I think about it, like Abasi gets killed. Bob's killed. Stan may or may not have the love of his life with him. Judy's being a bitch, whatever. And then Ray gets killed. So to me, it was just like an ending that it wasn't a happy ending. And I always like when shows don't take the generic happy ending route. Like for me, big movie that I really enjoyed because of its ending Watchmen. Like that didn't end with every with the villain or the heroes getting what they want in the end and saving the day. It ends with everyone dying in New York City. And I just so I like the twist that none of the, the criminals get the bonds. And I liked that none of them really, they all die criminals, essentially. Like, none of them get a happy ending. And I, so I thought, you know who did get a happy ending? The triplets, those bitches. Yeah, Hannah. unfortunately, yeah, fuck them. And Hannah. And yeah, Hannah. good for Hannah, Hannah for getting her good. happy ending. She definitely uh, was deserving of that one. But everyone else, I, I really liked watching. And when Ray got shot at the end, I thought they were going to leave it open ended. Like, I thought they were going to have the guy pull the gun and, and then, then not, just fade to black yeah. and not have the gunshot, gunshot sound. But they literally have it. They so. needed to. Yeah. At first, when I was watching it, I thought that this is so stupid, and I feel like I do this often where I just admit how dumb I am sometimes, but I thought that the guy, the shooter, was Stan at first, and they were like meeting up under the tunnel to pass the money, and then after he gets shot, and I was thinking about it, I'm like, they already fucking had the money. I don't know why yeah. I fucking thought that he was going to give him the money. <laughs> I was kind of thinking the same thing, too, because it was like a taller, skinnyish white guy. Yeah. You don't really get to see the face, obviously. Well, so. He was Asian. Half Asian. We don't I, see his face. Well, we don't see his eyes in the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that would be a defining factor for Asians. Yeah. Guys, I'm Asian. It's okay. I'm South Korean. <laughs> it's allowed. It's allowed. My only comment on Pink is, yeah, I, I really loved it. I'm really glad that I watched it last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck off. That's my... Uh, <laughs> I wish, man. That would have been perfect, well, honestly. Dude. But this is my favorite episode. We just did a lot there. I think I think that was a pretty good coverage holistically. Um, I want to 
end this. Yeah, totally. It was a really good time talking about that. Um, I want to end this by us giving our top three characters and then parting shots and we're out. Do you want me to start with the top three? Because I already kind of have it written yeah, down. Do you guys want to go? go yeah, God. Okay, so if it wasn't freaking obvious from this conversation mm-hmm. we're having, Ava is in tier one by herself. Then we have a gap into Stan in tier two and then a gap into whoever I have in the third. It could literally be Ray, Roger, or Bob. Like Bob's there, Ray's there, Solace is there. I don't really care about my third spots. It's for me, Ava and Stan. Can we? Are we going to do the thing where it's like, if you say someone, then I should... No, no, no. Nah, nah, I'll just, nah, just you do have Ava. Right. So I was going to say... Ava favorite too? Yeah, Ava would probably, uh, you'd probably go Ava, but we'll switch Ray into spot two, then Stan. Okay. You're right. Like Roger and Stan for me probably could have been interchangeable. Like I really liked Roger as a villain. Um, I think I'll go Stan, Ray, Ava with an honorable mention to Hannah because I really liked Hannah as a character. So our fourth spot's kind of is where they Bob. a little bit. You, <laughs> yeah, us, our conversation kinda. made me like Bob more. <laughs> Bob was amazing for the show, 100%. Yes. He yes, was yeah. almost the MVP of the show. He made things like tension happen because right, he was let, a motherfucker. Let's just do top two least favorite characters. So I want to see what okay. the ordering is for everyone because there's only two that we all hate. And I want to see what the no, order is. No, that's not true. I mean... Right, I'm having Nizan as the worst, okay. and then I have RJ as second worst. I'm honestly going to go Judy number one, and then Damn. Abasi number two. Okay. I mean, Abasi, I feel like is an obvious answer. I don't think I hate anyone to, like really name them two though. So I Judy's guess maybe Judy, right. just because I like Stan so much, and she her story just went off the rails completely at the end. <laughs> so fucker. I'll say my final piece. You guys say what you want to. I feel like we we pretty much are just reiterating ourselves at this point it was just such a fun watch i will be telling everybody to watch this and hopefully they can gain some value from our coverage just like because of our different perspectives that we're coming at this with i almost want to say that i'm gonna recommend watching it in chronological order it feels wrong to rob people of this special unique uh format that they used but at least up until the last two, I guess you can watch it in whatever order. I almost want to just say you have to end it with white pink yeah, um, to enjoy it more. Uh, but yeah, like this was a great show. There were some really good characters and there were some really shitty characters, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I feel like it's just, it, again, like I want the whole podcast to watch it and then they can come back to us with their opinions. I'm sure we'll bring this up on the next Patreon because this is just a really fun topic to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I hope Netflix keeps taking risks like this. Other streaming sites keep taking risks like this because if this hit in the right way where the ending was amazing, this could have been like the show of the year already and we're in January, you know? So mm-hmm. it was fun. I'm really happy I watched it and this was a blast talking about it. And I like it even more after this podcast. That's always mm-hmm. the trend with podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Netflix is is in my fucking doghouse right now because 1899, True. but Agreed. it is nice to like we're getting like one season some you know kind of different shows like this obviously the difference i'm talking about is the structure i love heist shit so this was really fun for me chronologically for me was successful i thought it was funny like talking to people about it and they were like oh that sucks so you have to watch it chronologically for the podcast or whatever but i really ended up loving this show it was a lot of fun uh yeah i I mean we've said everything to say i would agree though look i have i feel like i've already told multiple people to watch the show so yeah see i think this is where we'll get a little bit different i don't think i would go out of my way to recommend this show to anybody i think for formatting purposes i would like this how we've been hammering home nonstop that because of the formatting that you can watch in any order i think that alone makes it worth watching 
But if like I would really have to know what the person likes to be able to recommend this, like this wouldn't be a show that I would like, like right now, like even if I were to talk to a stranger, I don't think I would be like Kaleidoscope. Honestly, I would probably say Alice in Borderland before <laughs> Kaleidoscope, um, but still definitely worth the watch just because of the structuring. And it is still a very enjoyable ride. And if you choose not to watch it in chronological order, it gives it way more rewatch value to go back and then watch it in chronological order, which makes yeah. it a very fun show. So even if it wasn't maybe the best overall written show, just because of that, those factors, you can it's easily rewatchable. And, and the acting was it. amazing. Yeah, I think the acting, was, acting was good. I would say, you know, like 7.5 would recommend to a friend. Alrighty, guys, that's going to be it from us today. If you like what you heard, be sure to give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Also subscribe to our Patreon. I know we're not the best at putting up content on the Patreon, but I promise it's a new year, new us. We're going to be starting to hammer a lot more Patreon episodes for you guys to listen to. So be sure to check that out. We'll be covering Yellow Jackets and what was the second one? The Last, Last of, us of Us that's coming uh, out soon. Really hyped for both of those shows, honestly. Can't wait. Those are going to be two hard-hitting shows, and hopefully you guys stick with us to listen to those. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.